Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Matt and I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's message on happiness and creepy Patrick. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces and let's break it down on the Post-Credit Podcast. Memento. Yeah, Memento is like this, but also in a way, um, Inception kind of was like this. Yeah, with the dreams. But in a, yeah, more action, a bigger scale type situation. Remember, because they were able to manipulate the dreams yeah. and by, or manipulate their memory and their dreams through going basically into their head. Well, yeah, yeah. I think they just kind of lost, they would lose sight or there was the uh, possibility of losing sight what was real. But I mean, like the world crumbling around and the world reshaping in such yeah. a dramatic way. Yeah, that, that's definitely, that's definitely like, like um, Inception. I mean, it really, it's again, it's, it's more of a, it's like Inception is internal sunshine of the spotless mind on crack, basically. On crack. I love when people say like crack who've obviously never done crack. Yeah, and, and Memento, I mean, the way it kind of starts towards the end and he has to work his way back to who's trying to find out who's killing him, who's trying yeah. to kill him, and he's yeah. got the writing all over his body and all that kind of stuff. I know, that was, that was crazy. That, it's that been a while kinda, since I saw that movie, Yeah, what's, what's that one with um, John Cusack? Uh, Identity. Jesus. Yes, yes. That's one of my favorite all-time movies, it, too. It is one of mine, and a lot of it doesn't get a lot of praise. A lot of people don't like you. We should talk about that one. I agree. Too. I agree. Uh, the, only, the only thing is, is that falls in one of those categories where I sit there and say, you know, can I really watch this movie again? You know, because I know the twist at the end, you know. That's just like with um, The Sixth Sense. I have only watched that movie one time. Yep. I will not watch it again. I've seen it once, and then it's like it'll be on in the background of somebody's house or whatever, or something like that. I've seen different scenes here, but I've only fully watched it all the way through. Yeah, Yeah. amazing movie, but you can't watch it. You can't watch it multiple times. Uh, Yeah, so today we're talking about uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, This has been one of my favorite movies for a really long time. Um, It's definitely my, I'd say, top three of all time, but it could be my favorite. And every time I watch it, I get something new. Um, but we watched it tonight, um, and it was your first your first time seeing it, correct? It was. It was. I mean, you know, it's just for me, it's really hard to watch Jim Carrey doing this type of role. You know that. So I think that's kind of what put me off. You know, and nobody nobody really is like, hey, you, you know, you really need to watch this movie. But you know, I had heard that it was up for certain awards, and uh, and it was actually, you know at least nominated for it, you know, I mean, it, uh, it shows here that, it, you know, had the Oscar winner for the best writing in the original screenplay. Yeah. And the uh, Oscar for that. Yeah. It, it won it or it was nominated. Oh, it won. Yeah. That, and that, and, uh, for those that don't know, this movie was written by Charlie Kaufman. Uh, he directed, or I mean, he wrote, um, films like, uh, adaption and, uh, being John Malkovich. Right. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, read off the, the three writers of it. Actually. I mean, Charlie Kaufman was the head, you know the 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 guy, the man with the plan. You know, then you had uh, Michael Gondry and Pierre Bismuth. I believe I'm saying that right. Right. And then uh, it was all it was it won best writing original screenplay by the writer slash. Well, he was the director. Kaufman was right of uh, this movie. Yeah. No, he was not. Oh, so he was just the writer and the screenplay, uh, right. the, the adapter. So um, and then uh, apparently uh, Kate Winslet, she was nominated for best performance by an actress in a leading role. 
I mean, she obviously didn't. I win don't it. blame it. That that her performance in this movie was absolutely amazing. Amazing, amazing. amazing. I, I I personally believe. I mean, don't. I, I can't take it away from Jim Carrey. I mean, because what he he put he put on there, it was just it was awesome. But Kate Winslet was the. I mean, she she should have been nominated, and she probably was the only one that was up to that category. Because I mean, I mean, not not nowadays. Because you know, pretty much what you know. Um, having relations with a with a darn fish, you know, you, you win an Academy Award. <laughs> you're, you're not gonna let that one go. No, are you? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> you did not like the Shape of Water. Well, I, I mean, not never, that you saw it, but I, you didn't even like the concept. I, I refuse to see that. Is there it, are some movies out is there it just that because I of the premise, or just because the 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 Academy. No, I mean, I've seen the trailer quite a few it. times, and I've read up on it, but it's you know, I mean, yeah, if I've got to watch it to for for our program here. I will, but I'd rather not just because it's just the premise. I mean, the trailer looked just drab, you know? I mean, even even last year's winner, you know, uh, Parasite, you know, I mean, it was a foreign film. I mean, yeah. it was a foreign film, and it won the award for, for the, you if, know. Yeah, the, for some reason, I haven't gotten around to watching that. I really wanted it. It's to. on Hulu right now it? uh, for, you know, for tonight, free. But, maybe. I mean, it's it's from what I – I started watching a little bit into it. Um, I got to catch up with it. It's just – like I was been telling my brother, I have not really been happy with the Oscar um, categories and the and the movies that are falling in these categories and winning these awards. I just, Nobody is. It, no, I mean it's 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 it has nothing to do with being political. It's just I don't know. I feel like it's you know I, am I stuck in a nerd type you know movie watching you know category where where i can only really watch you know nerd type movies nowadays can't, you can't watch like think piece type movies I, you know but i say that but then you know i watch a movie like you know eternal you know eternal sunshine eternal spotless, spotless, spotless mind you know i hate to say it's, it's a mouthful it really is we we could say uh what what is it let's see e s t e s o t s m Sautism. No, well, that's not going to work. But uh, no, it, it's it's you know I say that that you know like maybe I'm just you know it's like a going backwards in my life you know as far as my taste you know it's just really getting you know I'm getting younger tastes where where I like comic books and nerd stuff and sci-fi where where the rest of it you know where I'm actually having to think is not enjoyable for me but then I watch a movie like this that that really just kind of makes me want to go watch more movies like this exactly so that I, I you know it's like chasing a high in a way you know uh, Drew here has coined a term uh, in a previous episode uh, called popcorn eaters and those are yeah. the, those are the type of people that like to and this is no knock to him or anything like that because no. we are like that with some movies oh, as yeah. well but it's just a term we use to talk about people or situations where you know you don't really analyze you're just going for fun and sometimes you can get in a popcorn eater rut where yeah. you're just watching either you're repeating watching what you've watched before and that or happens just to watching, me daily yeah and or you're just watching nerd stuff or whatever you know 75 percent i'd say of our our episodes are going to be you know kind of nerd culture type movies yeah. and tv shows and everything but i do want to dive into movies like this every once in a while absolutely and uh i i, I tend to every once in a while make myself watch something outside of that um and this is perhaps my favorite movie so I mean that uh, I think that should tell us about all the things that we're probably missing because but, there are a lot of movies out there that you and I probably have never watched. That right? Like, how can you be well, movie be, buffs if you've not watched these? Exactly. Movies? And there's certain categories that you know I enjoy that you really have no taste for. I mean, anything a- anime you 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 could 
you you could care less right you know and 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 i truly believe you know i think deep down you do like some rom-coms but like i'm i'm a i'm a rom-com addict no i do i mean yeah yeah, whatever you know i i don't care i I love romantic my my favorite well certain ones right right (laughs) well like you know like uh she's all that you know back back in the the late 90s early 2000s you know those it was just a a slew of of rom-coms but I mean, if you think about it, a lot of them were all just based on the same premise for, for throughout yeah. every movie. It was you know uh, uh, either a girl or, or a boy was uh, you know down on the luck nerd you know nerd because nowadays it's cool to be a nerd. I mean, even though I I did it you know with style right you know at a young age. <laughs> but uh, if you th- can do such a thing, if you can do such a thing, but you know it's it's just usually the same premise. You know my my favorite movie personally is say anything. Um, it's a really good movie. I, I, it's one I, of the most iconic movie scenes of all time. It really time. is, and and you know, it's not even so much that. It's just because I'm such a uh, I'm, I'm a John Cusack fan when it comes to him being on a screen <laughs> rather than uh, you know off of a screen on social media and whatnot. But you know, as far as an actor, he's just he, he's that type of actor where he just kind of seems like he's acts like. The way he acts on the screen is the way he really is. You know, it's kind of one of those believing. You just like with with Denzel Washington, I'm the same way. You know, oh you look God. at he's one of my favorites. Yes, yeah, mine too. I don't think I've ever seen anything right. like him in. But if you if you notice, like again, he's probably like my first or second too. You know, mixing mixing him in there. But the way they are off screen, if you feel like they, I mean, it doesn't. You know, they're the same way on screen than they are off screen. And even then, you know, you think, okay, well, so they're the same character in every movie. No, it's just the way they, they change yourself, but they have kind of a swagger. You know what I mean? Well, and you, you have actors who have certain types of ranges, and it's best for them to stay in those ranges. For example, you know, we just had uh, talked about Man of Steel uh, yeah. the other day. Well, in the follow-up that in Batman versus Superman, you had Jesse Eisenberg play uh, Lex. I like Jesse Eisenberg as an actor. I like what he yeah. does, but it's when he stays in those roles that he's meant to to be in. So, you know, when people say, "Oh, it's not Lex Luthor," well, that's the vision that that Zack Snyder had because he yeah. knew if he wanted like a a uh, you know buff serious yeah. type of Lex Luthor. He's not going to go after Jesse yeah. Eisenberg. He, he chose he chose a beta a beta type actor that that had not an alpha but a but a beta, you right. know. And 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 I think, you know, that's the type of range that and I truly believe that what's make a good actor. Now, you get you know, surprisingly I mean, you get surprised really on a role like Jim Carrey took with this. Right, I'm where, glad you're rolling in. Yes. Cuz cuz you're used to seeing Jim Carrey doing things like, you know, Ace Ventura, Liar Liar, Cable Man. You know, I mean, it's he's he's it's funny because, you know, he started he started it and then Adam Sandler took over it. Well, it's it's you know? it's, it's, it's it's playing against type and, you know, yes. this this, you know, he tends to do some of his best work whether it's Man on the Moon, uh, Eternal yeah. Sunshine of the Spotless Nine, the number the uh, mind the number 23 it's things like that i mean you have jim carrey you have robin williams when he did yeah. goodwill hunting mm-hmm. you had adam um, sandler adam sandler and uncut gems yeah. and uh, rain over me yeah i mean and, these and punch drunk love and punch drunk love yeah yeah i should have mentioned yeah. that one first but i mean these 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 comedic actors when they're playing against type and, and maybe it's just because they're playing against type and it's such a yeah. difference of, of their of their roles that when you watch a movie like this and he is just this very muted 
uh, crippling social uh, anxiety ridden person yeah it's fascinating to watch because you're waiting for him to explode into rubber yeah. face or whatever yeah. and well and, and you and you i think you know not a lot of actors can pull that off i mean really you know yeah action actors can do it all the time you know you see it happen constantly you know with with action going into comedy and comedy going back to action i mean flip i mean even adding it all together mm-hmm. you know but it's rare to go from comedy to drama which Jim Carrey does it well. Right. Uh, Adam Sandler does it well. Even somebody like Jonah Hill. I mean, you've seen Jonah Hill doing some, you know, a little bit of comedy, and then he goes into a serious role where, yeah. you know... Uh, Moneyball. Moneyball. And, and, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wall Street. He's a little comedic Yeah, that, yeah, he's a little bit of comedic, but I mean... He's kind of the color as yeah. opposed to the straight man. Not a lot of actors can pull that off going <laughs> from, from comedic to... To drama, yeah. you know, where, where, yeah, they can go to action, action go to comedy, action can even go to drama, you know, but it's very rare for comedy to go to drama, and not a lot of uh, actors can do that. And Jim Carrey pulled it off brilliant, brilliant, brilliantly. There we go. Um, so, as I said before, today we're talking about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. This movie came out in 2004. Um, it was uh, directed by uh, Michael Gondry, um, who actually helped with, with the story as well. Uh, it was uh, written by Charlie Kaufman, as I said, who, uh, who wrote uh, Adaption Being John Malkovich. Um, these really um, uh, out-of-the-box type of, uh, you know, thinking out-of-the-box type of stories. These very, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a very um, unique vision, a unique, yeah. a unique story, and, and the way it's told. Um, my, my biggest thing, my biggest thing is, is, you know, and I don't mean to interrupt you here on this, but, uh, real quick, you know, we're, we're not about, you know, not having spoilers. We have spoilers, spoilers constantly. So we're, we're going to tell you right now, and this is going to be on a rare occasion, you know, that we'll do this every once in a while, but try watching the movie before you listen to us. Me and you are in sync because I yeah. was thinking about this yesterday when we, when I knew we were going to watch this and then do the show. Yeah. One of the things I was going to say, like, look, we, we, we try not to give spoiler alerts because, you know, we, we try to just talk about how we want to talk about it naturally. But yeah. I will say this movie pays to not know anything about it before you go into it. And so it's one and it's one of my favorites. So I will give that warning. Go watch the movie then come back and watch this this or come back and listen to this this show so we can break it down for you. Yeah. This is also one of these rare movies where if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the score for criti- the critic score and the audience score is very very similar. It's only 1 point off. The the critic score uh, it's currently at a 93% and uh, the audience score gives it a 94% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and rightfully so. This movie is an outstanding uh, uh, story about about um, choice, um, about what what is happiness and and what is living with happiness, and and that's that's best represented by the the, the title of the movie, uh, which is from a, uh, a quote a, a, from a quote from a poem from, from uh, Ale- Alexander Pope or Pope Ag- Alexander, as, as said in the movie, <laughs> Pope Alexander. Um, a couple other people that are in this, uh, we'll kind of get into their characters here in a bit, but um, you have Elijah Wood. Uh, uh, you know, we have Frodo and the Hulk in this movie. Sharing the same room. Yeah, yeah. We have Elijah Wood and Mark Ruffalo uh, 
playing some um, some technicians for uh, the company that we're going to get into. Right. Um, Jane Adams, David Cross uh, from great actor, great actor. He's hilarious <laughs> from Arrested, Arrested Development. Development for sure. yeah, uh, Tobias Funke <laughs> was his name. He was never nude, uh, as we talked about on the Justified show. Um, he, he's a never nude uh, that tried to b- really had dreams of, of joining the Blue Man blue group, group that, that just painted wouldn't. his whole body blue, yeah. and and he was painted blue for a good portion of the show. But Can't just imagine a a blue turtle without its shell. I'm just going to tell you that right now. That's the imagery that comes to my head. <laughs> and as I'm trying to watch this movie and and get into the story, it's the very drama, hard. All I, when I, I, God, he comes on, yeah, he's not in it very much. No, he's barely in it. Maybe I'd say he has a total of about three minutes of screen time. Altogether, but yeah. when you see him, you know all I see is him crouching in the shower, just crying with his little jorts on. And, and <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you can't have certain actors. It's like how Zach uh, Galifianakis, because you know if if I was ever in a movie, you know I mean not saying that it'll ever happen, but if I ever was in a movie and I had to work against uh, you know across from that guy, which I've heard actors saying this about them. And have you even seen Steve Carell. Have you seen Between yeah, yeah. Two Ferns? That, Steve Carell's another yes. one. But, but you know, standing in front of those type of actors, just like David Cross, you know, I don't know how I would stop myself from laughing. Just like, you know, like John Krasinski saying with, with Steve Carell. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just constantly laughed and it was very hard that's just what it was this kind of the one that like broke the most i know they, i know they, they say I know. that he was breaking all the time yeah uh this movie also has kirsten dunst uh from spider-man fame uh and uh tom wilkinson um, amazing job yeah. as as always he, yeah he played uh falcone in, in batman begins and and you know some other movies and stuff but you know that's basically our core cast Okay, I want to set it up though, so you know, listeners are uh, people who decide yeah. not to watch this movie can 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 kind of get a sense. So right. we we meet basically the two the two leads, uh, the love interests here, uh, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Uh, Jim Carrey plays Joel Barish, and he is a uh, uh, a very extreme introvert. Um, he has crippling social anxiety. He can't look people in the eyes or can't look women in the eyes that he doesn't know. Um, he feels awkward then when they talk to him. He 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 is a very quiet and silent guy, basically the complete opposite of Jim Carrey in real life and his comedic roles. Well, yeah, well, okay, his other roles, but from what I, you know, I read about Jim Carrey and stuff, he really is have that. Yeah, like in his, per- in his well, in his personal, personal life, yeah, but yeah. like I mean, I'm talking about like when he goes on these talk shows and he's yeah. he's got the spotlight yeah. on him. It's completely different than that. He's a very muted, and you know, it's even referenced in the the movie how he mumbles and and she can't understand what the crap he's saying. Um, and he meets this girl named um, Clementine Krasinski, um, and she is the exact opposite of Joel. She's an extrovert. She says everything that's on her mind. Uh, she's very manic. Um, she expects uh, basically the world to be like she is. She doesn't follow any like rules. Like an open book, just totally tell everything, right. every deep, dark secret, all, all you know, wearing it all on your shoulder or she, on your sleeve and all that yep, kind of stuff. She takes pride in being different. She colors her hair to be different. She dresses different. She's got a certain taste in jewelry and everything. So basically you have a yin and yang uh, yeah. a, a coupling here where you have an extreme introvert and extreme out, a, extrovert. Nothing about this relationship should make sense. It's, nothing, a, it's toxic. It's a toxic relationship, yeah, and, really. And and, and, and nothing. It, you wouldn't think that these people would be able to stand each other because he doesn't yeah. say anything and he's real quiet and she is way too much. But then you you know as we start to go along, you get to you, you get the sense that in their happier times, 
they were um, it, 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 they needed that opposite. You know, she is so abrasive that I can see her just button heads with every other person that she's ever been in a relationship for yeah. before. Whereas in Joel, she sees somebody who's such an introvert. He's almost like a sponge. He can absorb all her craziness and deal with it instead of being fed up with it or getting fed up with her and not being able to handle it. He absorbs it because the way he looks at her is she's exciting. She's something that he's never had in his life. You know, he's not the type of guy you know, with his demeanor and his look, he's not the kind of guy that girls just approach and ask out and everything. So, you know, he's almost doomed to be in kind of kind of by himself, but he's met this one person who's drawn to him and he's drawn to her because she 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 pushes him. She pushes him to experience life. And he even says in the movie, You were exciting. Yeah. Well I, I think there's some some subtlety there too with with the way that, that he is such an avid reader. I mean, it doesn't even show him having, I don't even think it shows him having a, a like, yeah, maybe he has a TV in his house, but I mean, it shows him constantly reading. He's a reader and an artist. Right, and right. That. And then she works at a bookstore. <laughs> right. You know, and so, you know, it just seems like there's, there's a little bit of subtlety to it. You know, she could care less about reading books. He even mentions it, how she's not a, she's not a reader. She's not she a well-read. And she's she, not she well calls read. library, library. Library, yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, she works in a bookstore full of books and she could care less about it. It doesn't even say what he does for a job. Yeah, and maybe she reads books or whatever, but there's no never any kind of indication that that any that she's anywhere close to a book reader or or what. She's I think she's more a she is a well-versed person of the world. Yeah. You know, whereas he's a well-read person, you know, scholarly type where he'll read books and he, you know, he likes to know information and he knows, you know, the, the etymology of, of her name even. And, yeah. you know, she, and, and whereas, whereas she kind of knows, you know, more or, or lives more in the real world yeah. and, and deals with those issues in, in that extroverted sense. Well, I think, I think, you know, somebody like, like a super introvert, you know, you know, they, 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 they say that, you know, okay, they don't want friends, they don't want to be socialized, you know, or things like that. But you see a lot of introverted people have different ways of, of um, bringing attention to themselves, you know, without not doing it intentionally, you know, because as, as humans, we're, we're social creatures, you know, we, yeah. we, we are not made to be alone, you know, we are not made to have zero relationships. So I, I don't care how introverted you are. I mean, I, I'm not even a, a very... Uh, extroverted type person and I think there's there's something mysterious about an introvert where you you, there's a mystery about them because they're not crazy they're not letting their full self out so you wonder what is this person thinking what so that's what drew her to him in the first place and it's eventually what pushes her away because she can't stand it anymore yeah yeah well and and and, you know it's it's kind of like you know with her changing you know they they made that a point you know with, with her changing the color of her hair you know, it, it was almost like a mood ring for her in a way, you know, I mean, she, it was a way to get attention, you know, first and foremost, but it's also a way to, to kind of show Joel, like if you look there near the end of the movie, her hair is blue, but it's fading. Yeah. It's fading. Like well, to the roots normal come color. Out. The, yeah, the yeah, roots, the roots come out. And throughout the whole movie, you see her constantly dyeing her hair and it's always dyed. But then at the end where, you know, she's starting to. You know, which yeah, you want true self come true, true self come through, 
I didn't even notice that until yeah, now. But the, but the, if you notice, remember the color. the The only point in the whole movie was at the end where her the color was well, fading. At the end and, she, and at the beginning that was the end. Yeah 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 yeah. But but you know it, it it's kind of a way you know and they always made a point to to make kind of her hair being a focus. You know I mean yeah. calling her tangerine and things like that. But that was always seemed somewhat of a focus for for um her and then with him a lot of his focus was um that car mm-hmm. you know that car that car and uh always played a part in it and, yeah. it, and it was kind of a way to tell the that story in the movie crappy the story little corolla that he yeah. was driving I, I mean you know it it was sorry probably, toyota right <laughs> but it was it was probably the the main reason that they got in the, their final argument, you know, the first time around, but yeah. you know, they, they got in their final argument was because, you know, she drove the car when she was drunk mm-hmm. and wrecked it and damaged the car. And then at the beginning of the movie, you, you know, you see him, he's confused because he's like, he's thinking that the car next to him actually hit the side of his car, wrote a letter, said, thank you on the car being sarcastic. But you know, it, it was, it just seemed like, that car and then you know for for them both it was that house on the beach yeah and you know and and we're talking about the dichotomy between the two and the the yin and yang she is petrified of staying static so that's part of why she 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 changes the color of her hair because she even says i don't want to waste one second of the little time i have on this earth um being bored being being yeah. not moving forward not doing something she she's scared to death of being static and not moving forward whereas Joel is scared to death to not be static yeah. and to, yeah. to 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 be moving he's scared to be that dynamic where where you know he he's stepping outside he's trying to push himself to further himself yeah. to make himself better yeah. so he's he's quite comfortable and that's basically you know they have their last fight um it, it all started from, you know, her talking about wanting to have kids. And, you know, that's another change for him. And she's ready to make that change. But also he knows that she's so flighty that she's irresponsible. And he even asked her, do you th- really think that you can handle a kid? Yeah. And from that point on, you know, talking chronologically, yeah. um, they, they just start to go downhill. And then he he, he stays his 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 normal self where you know he's not talking much and she kind of uses that as an excuse like i want to move forward you're not ready to i'm leaving you behind therefore yeah. i'm gonna erase you but, but she's been she you know and that's the thing she's always been like that if you notice throughout the whole movie you know and and i i get it that chronologically it goes backwards but you know if you look throughout there you know she's always you know she's always tripping over herself you know trying to get ahead you know, when, when it's not, it's failing miserably, you know, every time she tries to skip like that, you know, she gets an argument, she gets drunk, you know, I mean, it's really upset, but you know, she jumps into a relationship and that's why he says, you know, how she gets attention is by sleeping with other men, right. you know, with, with a lot of men. That's you how know. she gets people to like her. Right, right. And and so, and I, and I think that was kind of really just a low ball to her, but he he maybe sees that as the only reason she got with him, you know, was, was you know. To get attention. And because and, 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 and he would put up with her. And her her nut stuff. job-ness. So and, he's thinking maybe yeah. maybe that's how she got me to seduce, you know, seduce right. me, you know, by my making me think I had a chance to right. sleep with her or whatever. And, and I know we're jumping around, but this kind of movie, you kind of have to jump around in the, in the way that it's chronologically going. Yeah. You know? Well, let's get let's get a little a little bit more focus here. So the the basic premise of the movie is um, is these two meet um, 
and uh, they they have a real strong connection. Um, and you know they, they they spend the day together. They um, you know they're with uh, he's with friends at a beach, and that's how he, he met her. But they spend the day together. They walk down the beach. They find this house and pretend it's theirs. You know, it's a really sweet moment. But her abrasiveness abrasiveness comes off in in this moment, and it kind of scares him. And you know. She kind of just willy-nilly says, you know, well, so if you want to go, so go. And But she said it, the, the way she said the way he took it is is with such disdain, so he left. But then, yeah. you know, he went back and visited her the next day, and they eventually form this relationship. They're together for two years. Um, and then everything starts to go downhill because, as I said, they weren't moving forward, and Clementine wanted to move forward, and Joel wanted to kind of stay what he where he was but he didn't realize he also wanted to be kind of responsible about a lot of things you know i mean because it you know just like with his drinking you know or with her drinking you know he didn't want her to do that and, and yeah you know and he didn't realize that that he had changed he'd had advanced and that's what we start to see in the movie he had changed from from where he he first met out uh first met her um, he didn't even realize the changes that that he that he made, but um, so they basically basically their relationship falls apart. Um, she breaks up with him, and she goes and, and kind of on a lark, just goes and to this company uh, called Lacuna, and uh, races her memory of Joel. So they go in and they take everything, every memory she's ever had. So the next time he sees her, she's completely. Uh, deleted from his mind or completely erased from his mind. She has no idea who she he from is. From her mind. Yeah. Right, from her mind. And, and she has no idea who uh, who he is. It breaks his heart. He doesn't know what to do. He's struggling with it. And he finally decides he's going to do the same thing. So the movie starts out at about that point when he's deciding. Well, the way he finds out, though, is through their their mutual friends. Well, it, it does tell you eventually figure out that it was his friends first and then they became friends with Clementine later on in the yeah. the thing, but they did know both of them at the same time. So the way the way that he found out was because uh, their mutual friends got a card from L- the the Lacuna. company, Lacuna uh, company, that said basically if if um, you know to keep Joel away from her and 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 not out to of mention her memory, their not to mention their relationship because she has no memory of it, right. So, and, and the company called Lacuna, uh, Lacuna means a missing portion in a book or manuscript, a cavity, a depression, something missing, basically, which is a good name for the company because they erase the memory. So, the way that this movie does it, it's not like a sci-fi movie with technology. It's very grounded. It's very crappy-looking technology. The uh, the company looks like it's run out of a low-grade dentist office and everything. Um, so, it's, it's really grounded in the real world, but it does work. He finds out about it. He says, you know, this is, this is a hope right and uh, it finds out that no it's not a hoax and she's actually seeing somebody else uh, this guy uh, Patrick who's part of the B story that we'll talk about in a minute but did you notice how quickly he believed you know just I mean because the, even the guy that was running it was like the doctor that was running it was like I can't tell you anything or give you any examples or show you anything you know and it was just so weird that he just kind of was like okay I believe you now I think he was <laughs> you know? so I think he was so desperate to find an explanation why because when the, the, before that he went to a bookstore where she worked at and she had no idea who she was and she started kissing this other guy and he's like what is going on so I think he had to take any kind of explanation he could even if it was that outlandish to explain right. why she would do something 
something like this to him because as he put it you know i'm the nicest yeah. girl he uh she ever met that that word nice comes up a nicest lot this guy movie, that or, or nicest guy <laughs> so the way that this movie is presented it's better presented in a backwards fashion because we start out with him passing out and the people coming into his apartment to erase his memory you know he's he knows they're coming and everything but he has to wake up in his own bed right. so he starts going through the memories and it starts with the memory that happened right before he came into his apartment when he was talking to a neighbor and it works its way backwards and i like the way that it presents it because it shows that first first of all at the very beginning of the movie it shows us something that happens later on them meeting again after yeah. he, they've both had the procedure which, which, which I, I i gotta give myself credit i did figure that out before yeah. the end of the movie and 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 you might you might have done the same it's it's kind of one of those things where i, I kind of knew that there had to be some kind of crazy twist and i did figure that out and I'm pretty proud of myself for that. <laughs> yeah, so you don't know at the beginning this, this that this is the second time they've met. You just assume right. that it's the first time they met, and then it cuts to two years later or whatever. But this ap- yeah. actually happens after he gets his memory uh, erased. So they're meeting for the second time. We'll get into that. But um, basically, it, it, it showed that part first because um, – the movie starts out with him going to erase his memory, but you don't know about them. You don't know about their relationship or anything, what happened. Um, so you have to introduce those, the, the, those elements before you get into the movie. So it kind of shows us how well these two connected, even though they're so opposite and they kind of bounce off of each other at first, they, because they have this huge connection. And, um, I like, I like that because then as they starts to get into his memories, we get into the later memories that he has first, so it goes from backwards where their relationship broke down and, and it works its way all the way back to when they first met. So you see this awful, awful relationship where they're terrible to each other. They they say these awful things to each other. But then, and that's what's at the forefront of their memory. But then you, you work your way back and you start to get to the nicer times, the sweeter times. And it's more beautiful because you see these two people that are truly in love and have this relationship that shouldn't work, but somehow does. Well, and, and I've, I've, I've kind of feel like it's it's very mesmerizing, the story and the way that it was filmed, you know, in a, in a way where it was like, you don't really pick anything out of the background to focus on. I mean, you're focusing on these characters and they're going through this story. Well, actually they're going through his memory and through his mind and you know, the filming, you know, the, the actual filming of it, you're just like, Oh, that's kind of low rate, but you don't look at it that way. Cause you're really focusing. Cause Jim Carrey and, uh, um, uh, Kay Winslet do such a good job at keeping the attention and the focus on their emotions and what they're showing on their face and their crazy thoughts and their crazy, you know, outspokenness. You know, you just really focus in on these characters and it's very, you know, you don't you don't see the background. You don't see what kind of crappy car. I mean, you you do, you know, probably with you seeing the movie uh, quite a few times, right? But you don't you don't even notice the type of car it is because they're they're just you're just such into the movie and such that their acting is just so they feed off each other so well. Yeah, and it know? wasn't until today that I noticed that it was a Corolla he was driving, and that's one of the points I was making to Drew before we got on this is that. Um, Every time you watch this, you find something new. There's a there's a line by one of the uh, the, the the creep that's now dating Clementine. Um, yeah. After she has no memory of Joel now, um, what what happened was he worked at this this Lacuna place. They when they deleted her memories, he took 
besides her underwear, he yeah. took all these the the things that she had brought memorabilia in, that she had from their yeah, relationship. Yeah, she had to clear her her apartment and her life of everything that reminded her of Joel. And um, he took all that stuff and all the memories and letters and stuff that they wrote to each other, as well as Joel's stuff. Because he, Joel goes through the experiment, so he had to turn in all right. his memorabilia as well. So he, he, I mean, he's a scumbag, in my opinion. He is, and he had, he had to use that to seduce her. And, and for some reason, it works, because she's like, man, you just seem to know me so well. Yeah. But as, as that relationship yeah. goes on she's getting real creeped out, because he's saying things that Joel said. And while she doesn't remember it, there's something about those words and the way he says it and the way the things that he buys yeah. for her that she's like it's creepy how how well you're fitting in here now, i've never met me, anybody that i haven't been combative right with before. now now let me ask you this do you think that she was creeped out the fact that she felt like you know she's been through this uh, before like it's a deja vu situation or that she feels like you know he shouldn't be saying that that somebody else should be saying that or do you think that it's that she was acting and looking at him like that because she she thought that he was she he creepily know i knew way too much about her i think it's a combination of both i think there's a little bit of the um how does he know me so well because she got this jewelry and she's like i've never had somebody that got me uh, exactly the type of jewelry that's for me. Thanks. And then she kind of pauses, style, and then that. she got, like looks at him like, "How did you know this? Yeah. This is really creepy." So I think there's a little bit of the, "How do you, you know, how are you saying all the right things? This is weird for me." But I think a lot of it has to do with the remnant of yeah. after she got her memory erased. I think that the connection between Joel and Clementine is so powerful that. There's still remnants of there. It's it may not be memories, but it may they they've just become feelings now. Where it's I have this gut feeling about something that I'm missing here. That yeah. seems familiar, yeah. and and that showed when after Joel gets his memory erased and she's already had her memory erased, um, he goes to Montauk, which is where they first met. They he goes well, to she the says beach meet, and the house. She says meet me at Montauk. Yeah, and the last memory that they erased, it showed her, you know, because he talks to his memories. It's kind of meta. Yeah. He he's, he he's remember. Remembering stuff, Breaks but then he starts wall. talking to her uh, through the memories, you know, and his version of her or whatever. But um, she, he, even in the end, so that was actually him because you know, obviously, she's not in his mind. But that was his version of her saying, "Meet me in Montauk." He knows her so well that he knows that she would go there. And, yeah. you know, he knows her so well that he bought her this jewelry he never got to give her and that yeah. Patrick eventually gave to her and everything. Yeah. So I think that they had such a strong connection that there's some kind of remnant there. Do you do you agree? Or? I do. No, no. I mean, I don't believe in, you know, um, soulmates or nothing like that. You know, I don't believe that there's soulmates. But I think the capability of, you know, when you're with the right person and the, and the one that you're meant to be with that it just it's like a puzzle piece that just you know all the puzzle pieces just fall into place and i think that this is what happened in this story and the way this story was told that you know those pieces fell into place you can't take those pieces apart anymore you know i, I feel like feel like um yeah all those that, experiences they had are gone yeah yeah i mean but but there's there's pieces there's pieces here and there and things that you know, it's it's just kind of like with um, you know Alzheimer's patients and things like that, where you know they 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 might you know they say they lose their memory, but then it comes back to them in pieces here and there, and I, that's what the 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 craziness of of our mind, you know, and yeah. and the, and the the greatness of of our our created mind is that that it's it's just such a a, a masterpiece, and you, you know. And you probably didn't catch this, but this is another thing that I caught just tonight when we were watching it is. 
I think the, the, the director and the writer kind of confirmed and wanted to put a little thing in there, that, but only if you catch it, that yes, they do still have remnants of their memory because at the beginning, which is really takes place after he gets his memory erased, uh, when they're meeting for the second time, right before they meet, he goes to that house that they first met at and, you know, and the, during that first day that they, they first met, um, he goes to that house and kind of looks through the window um, and, you know, before he leaves the beach and he hears yeah. little whispers of their yeah. conversation that they had in that house. And I didn't catch it before and you don't realize it until later on in the movie, like, oh, that's what he was hearing in that house. Yeah. So okay. he still has yeah. a little piece of it. Because at the beginning of the story, you know, or the beginning of the movie, he he um, he's, he's on his way to work because his car is gone, which... Doesn't kind of make kind of sense because then you see his car. It starts out with him getting into his car, but you know, I digress. And but, you see them meet on the beach there, and it's just the two of them. Yeah. But then later on, he says the first time they met right, was at a right. party at the beach, which yeah. was different than what we yeah. see. But but I mean, there's a draw for him to go to Montauk. You know, right. I mean, he he busts his butt to get over there, but there's a draw to go to Montauk. But I think the pure sign, the 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 best sign of it all. And you know, we talked about this before. You know, we started the podcast, but I think the best sign that there are the still no matter if it went perfectly because joel's um experiment or joel's uh, uh thing didn't go perfectly he, right. he woke up he he was the only one to to be yeah, you know fusion during the right, uh, thing. right. Yeah. because he was fighting it you know but but anyways you know the reason i believe that you know you do have the rev uh remembrance is is the uh uh christian uh dunce character yeah because you know yeah she she was just extremely attracted to the doctor and and she she even said things like um i i i say these i don't know why i say it but i say these things to to uh please you and to 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 make you like me you know and things like that and you're sitting there you're like why is she driving so hard you know uh, you know she doesn't even know why she's doing these things she doesn't even know why she's hitting on him so hardcore he's a married and, man and, with and married kids man's, and all that kind and, of stuff. and, that and right, you can tell in his look yeah he's like he knows something. He wants to tell her something. He, yeah, he's kind of like it, it, he knows what she's trying to get at before she even yeah, says it, yeah. and he you could tell he's real nervous about it. Yeah, he's real nervous, but at the same time, I mean, it, you find out why, but you know, the, he's real nervous, but at the why? same time, well, because they had an affair. You know, right. he had an affair with her, and then she asked to, you know, it, it, he says that she asked to wipe her mind. But if you if you read listen to the tape at the end, yeah, he kind of he, he, he says he, you know that we've decided we've decided this is what's best, best for thing, us. Yeah, you know not not racing. And his I want to know why why the what the wife because the wife knew that they had the affair, but then kind of gave him a second chance right. and everything. But I wonder why she kind of gave him a second chance. That's it's it's kind of weird and, and was okay with her getting her memory erased or and or, or, or still working at the yeah, thing like the point that I you mean, made. Why is she still working there? Well, just like you know, and we we again this another thing we talked about was that you know why if they're gonna race clementine's mind okay why wouldn't the first person you know get some you know that that really the person that's getting uh getting you know erased out of her mind why wouldn't you kind of you know, say, hey, here, here's a yeah, Joel uh, never ordered. Joel uh, never got a card that that says, hey, yeah, you could have got a restraining a order. A restraining or order, yeah. Yeah, he never got a card. And that, that kind of struck me as a little weird, too. Like, 
how would that be explained? Wouldn't you expect this person to go to her and freak her out by saying, you know, that kind of raises some legal issues, I think. Yeah, and it, it, it is a, it's what we call a plot hole or, a, you know, a, yeah, a plot hole, basically. But one that you can look past. You can look past because it's really not what's important. That's not I mean, what the movie is about. No, yeah. it's not. But, but I, I truly believe that, you know, Kristen Durant's character, I mean, she... Kristen Dunst. Grin, yeah, there we go. But, uh, you, you, you know, it's it's... I was really impressed with her acting and with her character uh, at, at the she end. She played innocent very yeah, I know. Well. At, at first, I'm just like, eh, you know, she's just an annoying person that's that's oddly starting to be extremely uh, Inappropriate obsessed with, yeah, her boss with, the, and with her boss. And wait, where's this going, you know? But then, then you figure out that, you know, she is kind of the hero at the end of the movie anyways kind of you know and and it, the, the b story wouldn't really matter unless it, it was what mary or kirsten dunst's character mary did at the end which which we'll get into real quick but i wanted to ask you two things one is this is just kind of a funny thing when they're when they're when they're getting ready for the procedure what they'll do is have you bring all your objects journals they'll read them to you show them to you and you have to think about them and the computer maps out where that memory is so later they can delete it what happens if you're like Watching, if you're looking that, but then you suddenly you have like another thought pop into your head. I mean, would that get mapped out? Would they get that get erased too? Well, they kind of addressed it a little bit with with his um with his mom, you know, showing his mom and then his mom's friend and then showing Clementine dressed up as his mom's friend. In 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 a sense, they kind of show that that you know he you know they weren't planning on him to go you know hide Clementine in that memory, right? But it kind of showed that you know. Maybe maybe that happens. Maybe maybe certain memories do do eventually kind of get erased on accident. And how would you know? You know? And nobody would end. know either way. Yeah. You know. So and, and 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 another thing, the the people do the technicians don't know that the people that are asleep going through this procedure right. are experiencing all the technicians see are dots on an MRI right. brain that they are erasing those dots and everything, but they don't know that the person is actually experiencing it and going through that and how like mortifying that would be and it's not like they could tell them afterwards because they've forgotten about the whole thing and that's that's what gets really sad about the movie is because as they work past the troubled end of their relationship and start going back towards the beginning when there was happier times you know joel just stops in the middle of the memory and looks up and he's like i don't want to do this anymore i yeah. i want to call it off you know i don't want to lose these good memories i have and that kind of leads us into what the point of the movie is um, the, 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 the title of the movie comes from a uh, poem from uh, Alexander Pope. Um, and and the, the portion that's used in the movie goes like this. How happy is the blameless vessel's lot? The world forgetting by the world forgot. Eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. Each prayer accepted and each wish resigned. So what that tells me is, is, is it's a question of, you know, somebody that is completely unaware of what's going on in the world or, ha, you know, ha, has no memory of, of pain, has no knowledge of pain and everything. How happy must that person be to not know the horrors of the world, the, the pain of the world? But does that solve everything? You know, should should we experience those things? I mean, because you have to take the bad with the good you know how would we know what bad was if we didn't have good well i mean you know and the first thing that about halfway through this movie i, I had in my my head and i was thinking you know here's the thing is there a, is there any person or any memory that i would love to just have forgotten and and you know 
I, I can't think of one, you know, I can't think of, you know, everybody's been, you know, had ups and downs and, and, and horrible life experiences and great life experiences. Well, and you've recently had your, your, your two dogs pass away recently. Yeah. And, yeah. and in the movie, it shows one of the patients there, they they brought in all the right. dog's possessions. So that's one of those things that a lot right, of people, right. you know, I think even some of our family members have said, yeah, I'd love to uh, get yeah. those deleted. But I don't, I, I truly don't feel like there is, you know there's a certain instance that I can actually say that I would love to forget because, you know, I feel like your life experiences, you know, yes, with age and with, um, you know, your life experiences, you gain knowledge, you gain, you gain lessons and you gain, it makes you who you are. Yeah. And and you learn from them and it's, it makes you become who you end up being after all these events happen. And, and that's why I think that, you know, there's not a certain, there's never any events that I, I, you know, yeah, I've lost, you know, loved ones, things like that. But I would never want to take that away from myself because then, you know, it's, it's kind of like a play on, you know, having Alzheimer's again, you know, it's, it's, you know, you have no control over that, you know, and you, you end up forgetting people and things like that. And you, you know, how can that be a good thing? You know, to, to forget, no matter how bad a relationship is. Yeah. And I was going to say, especially in relationships too, because you have a relationship that lasts for two years you're not nobody goes through two years of yeah. misery. I mean, it's not, you yeah. got some people who are trapped in relationships or whatever. But I mean, in a normal relationship, you don't go through two years with somebody you're absolutely miserable with at the time. No. So I mean, it talks about this uh, this you know culture of today of of, of quick gratification. What is it called? The uh, instant gratification. instant gratification. Yeah. You know, uh, they're not happy now, so they want to they want to just forget about it all. You know, I I want this to change because I'm not now. Instead of looking at it as a whole, you know, uh, as they say, you know, a person's not uh, a person is not in a rela- who they are in a relationship at one moment. They are who they've always been the entire relationship yeah. and everything. And you know, that's that's the heartbreaking part of this is that all he could see. And all she could see, even though we don't get to see inside her head when she deletes her stuff or uh, erases her memory, um, but I have to imagine it's the same. All they could see is the bad stuff at the end, yeah. and it's, it was so bad, it was so concentrated that it just overshadowed the rest of it. And halfway through, when he starts to get to these good memories and he talks about how he's the happiest he's ever been laying with her on the ice, you know, and she yeah. starts to disappear from that memory. He goes, I don't want to do this anymore. And he, he desperately, for the rest of the movie, tries to take her into different parts of his memory to to hide her, desperately trying to hold on to her. And in the end, he's not able to. And I, I, towards the last part of it, I think he sees it as he's this is a chance to relive all these experiences you had all the good experiences you had a chance to hold on to that even though he's not gonna be able to hold on to it and he knows that so you know he she says what do we do you know these we only have a few more memories left and he goes let's just enjoy it and and so he he knows that he gave in because he knew that there was no other outcome of this yeah Yeah. and it just kept happening so he's like you know what i'm just gonna enjoy these memories again these memories that i forgot and and then by the end of it he wakes up and he has no memory of her but he has that sense of montauk and so he goes and meets her and so then we get into um they they get into a car they're going to go home but mary found out about what she did with her boss whenever 
you know, the, the boss's wife came up and told her what happened. And so she thought it was so mortifying and so horrible that she decided to take all the files of everybody that used that company to erase their memories and send them back to everybody. And when Clementine gets back into the car with Joel, she's going to go over to his house. Stitches. Then what happens? She puts in the tape. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, Joel hears what like two things that she says bad about him you know that he's boring and things like that you know and and so and he, of course he he's completely out. mortified by that because he's already an two introvert things. and as far as he know he's just met her and it's just a stranger it's like yeah. now she's saying all these awful things he's like oh my god because they're at that point now worst where, fears realized yeah, and they're at that point that they disbelief that that could happen you know i mean yeah they've already been through it but they didn't know they went through it so they they there's nothing in their minds that can justify and, and explain what's going on. Yeah, and you he's know? like, you're messing with me. He yeah. kicks her out of her car, makes her go home, yeah. but then he gets his own tape. Yeah, and then he gets his own tape, and then but she she starts going crazy, and she's like, you know what, forget him, this kind of thing. You know, this uh, you know she's confused as well, but it's it's so funny because her being the the crazy one, you know, supposedly the crazy one, she handled it better than he did. But I think she freaked the reason she was freaking out though, I think it's because she just felt that connection with, with him. him yeah. And she was so confused about her own words and and obviously didn't understand what was going on because right. you're like, how can that be my voice if you have no memory of doing it? You know, how can this this be my voice? How can I not yeah. remember saying that stuff? But uh, I think she was freaking out because she finally, you know, she was with this Patrick guy who was freaking her out yeah. and everything and then she meets this guy. But it's like a spark. For the time. Yeah, it's it's like a spark. Uh, it's a reignition of that flame that, and of that the she loop had that yeah, we talked loop, about, yeah. and and that that's what I mean. This the last scene of this movie shows a scene of them going through the beach. It's just a, kind of a memory they had of them walking through the snow and everything. Is it a memory though? I I don't know. It could be a memory. It could be what happened a few weeks later or whatever. Believe, I want to believe that it was the good ending. It could be a good ending, but I mean, then that's what you talk about is like it's it's that loop. And had it not been for Mary. Um, and, and the secret was kept and the, the company kept going. She never sent out all everybody's tapes and everything. Um, I think that they would be stuck in this loop where Clementine was always that person who would do that kind of thing on a lark, like the friend had said. And she would they would continue to be drawn to each other, get in a relationship, and then and then be in that, that stale where, where she wants to go this way and he wants to stay here. And, and then they would fall apart again and she would have her memory erased. So they would be stuck in this loop. But Mary is the one, like you said, she's being the hero kind of she, because she showed them their tapes. You know, it's not like they're going to erase the memories again. You know, you're, you're saying that I agree with the loop situation, but I think it's a very I, I think it, it does have an end to it because with with Mary because putting, of what Mary. did, yeah, yeah, because of what Mary did. But, you know, they, they basically did one loop around. You know, around the track, they they pretty much did one loop around the track. If Mary didn't do what she did, it would have been multiple loops. You know, I mean, because what somebody called into the office wanting to do their uh, memory swipe again, and then it's like the it, third time like, in one month. She's like, okay, ma'am, we won't do it more than three times in a month. You know, yeah. so it's like, you know, and I feel like because Mary did what she did, that doctor's shut down, and they and they're not going to be able to get this procedure done. And maybe later, but not not at that current moment. I want to believe that we have the good ending. Um, I, I just, I feel like, you know, what was said on the tapes, on either one of them saying it, you know, I think that they probably came to, I, I want to say, I want to say again, you know, because we don't know, but I want to come to the realization that, that both of them looked at it like, okay, each of them said it out of anger, 
you know, in, in a way, like more so out of anger, but out of out of up, being upset. You know, I mean, he he loved her, and he, you could tell that he and she loved him, and he and yeah, she loved him to to the full extent. It almost said, seemed like she didn't want to love him as much as yeah, she did, but, but she, she couldn't she help, help it. it. Yeah, and and but it just seemed like they both said these things, but saying that you know he's uh, he's boring. He you know he's. But but the thing she is, even is she brought that out. She brought she put that away from him. You know, she, she they made, had both had growth. Yes, yes, the they both had growth. And and just saying, you know, like she she slept with other people, you know, for attention. Yeah. And she's like, I don't do that. And he said, Yeah, you do. Pretty pretty much implying, Yes, you do. Well, but, he but, well he said, What did he say? He's like, I don't think that about you. You know, like he's trying to deny his yeah. own words because again, they just met each other. They don't have any of these. And they even said in the hallway. Um, she's like, he's okay. like, I don't see, okay. he, he's like, I don't see anything I don't like about you. And she's like, but you will, yeah. you will, yeah. you will, you know, you'll see all these things cause I'm crazy and I'll think I'll get bored of you because that's what I do. And he yeah. goes, okay. Yeah. And she says, okay. And she, they kind of laugh and, and you, you kind of get the sense that there's growth there because but all the cards are on the table. Yeah. You know, you know, they, they, uh, what was I going to say here? They, they both have extreme self-esteem issues. You know, she even yeah. talks in the movie about how she used to have a doll uh, and she'd name it Clementine after herself. So and say, stop being yeah, ugly. Stop being ugly. You have to be pretty. So she obviously is always trying to uh, not stay static and to change herself and, and to be likable and something, someone that she could like. Yeah. Uh, much less anybody else. And, you know, he says a few times in the movie, you know, every time they try to talk, he's like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this yeah. right now. I don't want to talk about this anything right now. Anything serious. Anything serious. Yeah. And Because and, and, that would cause movement. That would cause some kind of um, development from him as a person. And by the end of it, you know, he's he's willing to yeah. talk. He's willing well, to say, if, okay. If, if you notice, for, for being the quiet, introvert, non-confrontational type person, he always is, seemed like the one that said the stupid things. That that was always like putting his foot in his mouth constantly. She was always the one that seemed like she she was the nutcase, but she was also very nurturing. She was trying to pull pull that introvert out, you know. And 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 you know, she was doing it in such sweet ways, even though she was being crazy yeah, about and, it. And then she could be combative about it. Too, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but but you know, she was frustrated. She was frustrated that he was not showing her the attention that she's used to or the attention that she wanted, you know, and, and he, he was frustrated with her because she just was like, you know, live, live by the seat of her pants type yeah. situation. And, and, you know, she, she, she dealt with her emotions by lashing out, you yeah. know, where he dealt with his emotions by keeping it in and being quiet about it and not talking about these yeah. things. And in the end, I think it showed the growth because one, him with, with being so scared about, um, different situations where he's not in his comfort zone and Clementine and this whole memory loss situation, this was very uncomfortable for him. So the old Joel probably would have let her walk away because he's, yeah. he didn't want to have to deal with the stress of that. And, and it was just like, it was too much for him, but he ran after her and told her to stop. Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And he never wanted to talk about it, but he's like, yep. let's just wait. Yep. And she, knowing that he was going to, uh, he is the way he is and she'd get bored with him and everything like that, she still decided to stay with him. And she stopped. She did stop yeah. because instead she, of flying on to the next yeah. thing, she went back to something that she knows she's had failure with in the past, but she stopped and she decided to say, okay, I'll wait. Yeah. Let's, and, and, let's and see what, where, where this goes. And you kind of feel like, you know, this is why I think there was a happy ending in the, in the, in the long run because me you and know, you always want happy. I, I know, I know. But, but, you know, I really think there is because, you know, 
she can't sit there and try to deny that there there's no feeling there's no just this crazy pull towards each other you know and and even when she had thought her mind you know her mind being wiped and everything else and thinking bad you know and and being with uh patrick and whatnot you know it was like that creep yeah that creep but but you know she, there's no denying that there's that pull there and and you know she was distraught without him you know yeah. and same thing with him i mean we didn't get really to see she was kind of like she was, was kind of like looking for joel yeah I mean, she yeah. was kind of mesmerized by patrick yeah. at the beginning because he was getting everything right but then it just uh, not only the things that he was saying was making her uncomfortable right but it was almost like she knew something was missing yeah. and yeah. that's why she went to montauk you know she was yeah. searching for what was missing and he went to montauk because you know he had this little remnant of a memory where the last thing she says to him before he wakes up is meet me in montauk yeah you know and that's why i kind of feel like you know yeah she could say that she can move on but she obviously can't no you know she can't get over him and only because of him and their relationship yeah. Yeah. you know otherwise she would have gone out and been the the person that she always was but Joel changed her the fact that they loved each other so intensely and knew each other so well it's one of those rare relationships where the opposites yeah. work perfectly yeah. and even though they got into a rut you know he even says in the memory you know maybe we could make it different this time yeah yeah and and and, and you know you truly believe that he means that you know and and same thing with her you know again the hair was fading you know, I really like that point you made. It, it was almost like, you know, she was growing to the point where she was like, okay, maybe I don't need to color my hair anymore because, you know, something is telling me that there I don't need that anymore. Yeah. I, I need I need this. Yeah. And I was looking at that uh, at the towards the end of the movie. I, I would, for some reason I did notice that she, her real hair color was coming through and it wasn't all blue and it wasn't all orange yeah. or whatever yeah. it was before. But I didn't even think about it until you said it's like Maybe not even knowing, she was starting to let, you know, let let that part of her go where she was always searching, and she found what she was searching right, for right. in Joel. Well, and if you notice, like with Elijah, um, Elijah Wood, Elijah Wood, his character, you know, he was more crazier than she ever was. You know, I mean, the way she He's was, he was acting. He was a, because nasty. he was a scumbag, but. But I mean, you know, even when she he was talking to her, like some of the stuff was just like, huh? You know, she kind of gave that look like, oh, something's not right here. Yeah, you know, I like think, somebody uh, somebody farted and nobody's admitting yeah, to it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I definitely think that some of it had to do with okay, the fact that he knows me so well and that he's saying these things, and you know, it was freaking her out. And then the the, the really the last time they were kind of together before she went home and then the next day she met Joel for the second time um, she he goes he She's goes like, get away from he me. goes he goes you're nice and that was something that Joel said the the whole yeah. movie he kept saying the word nice it was kind of one of his things and so whenever he goes um you know you're nice she looks at him and she's like what yeah. you know like like it yeah. was another thing like that sounds familiar too why but yeah. so i think part of it is that but also part of it is you know him him being creepy so maybe maybe right. maybe you know like i use the two analogies you know with with her hair being you know the the turning point for her maybe the nice is is his turning point you know it's it's his thing where it's like yeah, he said i had a nice time last yeah night. Goes, yeah nice and he's like i had the best effing time of yeah my effing life. yeah but i mean you know with with her it was it was you know he, he saying that she's nice and all this other stuff and then and it's just something that was in him you know and mm-hmm. and that's you know she made a point to say you know right at the beginning that one of the things that she liked about him the most 
was because he was a nice guy. To, yeah, you know, you know she, she, I think she doesn't want the nice guy until she realizes she yeah. does um, because she's, she's met this, this creep. Patrick that she doesn't know is a scumbag creep but she can sense that he's a scumbag yeah. creep but you know you can always you can always always yeah, sense, sense scumbag something <laughs> bad about him something weird that throws her off and you know she doesn't even break up with him she just hooks up with Joel no, the she, second well, time she tells me get the yeah, mm, away like, from me that was one of the funniest parts of the movie <laughs> But you know how how neurotic. It's very vulgar, but but like I you said, see her slowly start to just F away from lose her patience with Patrick, and it's just like I I and then at the end she's like, oh my god, this guy! Well, and he steals her underwear when they have her, when they're wiping her memory of Joel. He steals her her underwear, <laughs> and I think one of the funniest scenes is where he's telling Mark Ruffalo, and then. You know, Mark Ruffalo's like, oh, my God, what a scumbag. You know, you think he's going to be like, oh, my God, what a scumbag. But then he's like, I stole underwear. He's like, yeah, you stole your underwear. You know, I mean, just laughing about it, you know, because, you know, then he, you know, you kind of find out that really the only sane person in the whole movie was pretty much Mark Ruffalo's character. I mean, you know, it, it, it brought me back, you know, because it's an experimental science, but it kind of made me feel like it was Egon, you know, in, in a way, yeah. you know, just, but even Mark Ruffalo, I mean, when he was like, stole, you know, stole her panties and everything, but then him and Elijah Wood kind of looked at each other and they both started laughing about it. Well, and, and then they go in there. Whereas and, even if it was yeah. my best friend, I'd be like, yeah. dude, that's disgusting. You need yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and then Mark Ruffalo goes, you know, you think, oh, okay, maybe he's a good guy, but then he goes in there and he drinks all the liquor. He ends up sleeping with the secretary in the house, in the room, eating his food, drinking all his liquor, you know, everything else like that, you know. You kind of start to think, you know, you're like, uh, maybe I don't want people in the, But, I mean, it's not like the character knew that he was even in his apartment yeah, at that yeah. point. So, anyways, um, I, I really enjoy this movie. Like I said, it's 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 one of, if not my favorite movie. I don't know if I'd say it's my my favorite, but I mean, if it's not number one, it's it's probably number two. It's it's just a, a, a it makes you think. It's it, you can rewatch it. It has that rewatchability, even though there's twists that you find out about it. It doesn't ruin rewatchability because you pick up new things, you know. And I, every time I watch yeah. it, I pick up something new in it. And it may be not integral to the story, but it shows how much care was put into this movie. You know, we talked about on the Justified episode about how that show is so great with its characters and a storyline because so much care is put into how it's written and so much care was put into how this was written and the visuals and how it's directed because there won't even be something like in the in the focus of the screen it'll be in the background like the books disappearing yeah. as the, the the they're the the they're becoming all white and all the the, the book covers are, are disappearing and it's just real slow and subtle and everything so you always recognize something more because it's it's just so thick with with care and and what and how it was presented and the order that it was presented was was very unique too but but jim i mean you know jim carrey kate winslet i mean those two together just knocked it out the park and i mean you know kate winslet especially her character yeah i didn't say enough about her she was absolutely i mean her accent was on point and uh, the neurotic if you may not know she is british so you know she just she just as she was she was to me she was the star of the movie because joel was kind of just like he was kind of the side watching her she was like uh, uh, someone he looked at the, like a star or, or something that he was just watching their whole relationship yeah. and so she was definitely front and center and you got the different versions of her you know the real version of her and then the version of her that Joel talks to in his mind uh, where you know she's yeah, a bit nicer yeah you don't, you don't even notice it's like you know they pretty much both of them really kind of 
you know, walk around throughout the whole movie looking like homeless people. I mean, dressing like homeless people. I mean, yeah. Again, you know, but that's it's real. That's what's so yeah. That's what's so good about their their acting is that you didn't even notice these things until after the movie is over and and, and stuff like that. You know, a lot of it you just like, wow. You know, I mean, those those two actors together, they could. They could do multiple movies that I would watch. As like a, uh, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore type yes, of coupling or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, but, you know, Charlie Kaufman, the guy who wrote this, you know, he, he talked about how he writes scripts. He writes these scenes, and he's talked about how, you know, movies are so part of our culture nowadays that some of these novelists or screenwriters, they, they, they write dialogue based on movies they've seen. And it's like he says, you know, that's not how people talk. People, to, uh, you know, don't talk like that. They don't act like that. You know, that's the Hollywood version of how people talk and how it doesn't feel like a real conversation. So he says he'll write a script and then he goes back and finds all those moments that feels more Hollywood and he takes them out and he reworks it and makes it to where it feels more real. And, you know, the pauses and the way they talk over each other every once in a while, it's just it is a very realistic feeling movie. Um, even though there's yeah. so much like you know, there's some science fiction qualities to it. Um, right, right, it, right. It's absolutely grounded in reality, and it's one of my favorite movies. Please, please, please go watch it if you haven't. Hopefully, you watched it before you started listening to this episode. Um, but do you have anything else to say about it? Did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. Uh, did it live up to it. what I built it up? Oh, to? absolutely, absolutely. It, it was it was an amazing movie, and and I'll definitely recommend it continuously. But you know, it, again. I'll probably watch it again, but but show it to your wife, you know. Oh, absolutely. See see if see if she likes it. I'm sure she could probably maybe even see some comparisons. Between, oh, I'm sure between you and and Joel and her and stuff. So absolutely. Um, well, we appreciate you guys listening to this uh, episode of the Post Credit Podcast. Um, uh, we got some exciting things coming up uh, here in a few weeks, which we'll talk about in the next couple episode, uh, couple episodes. I think the next one we're going to do is is going to be um, talking about all the iterations of the Hulk we've seen, the TV show, the two uh, movies, and then uh, Mark Ruffalo's inclusion in the MCU through the Avenger movies and different things like that. So we want to kind of dive into that character. Like we said, you know, we're, we're, we do a lot of nerd. You you wouldn't like me if I was angry. <laughs> we do a lot of uh, uh, nerd culture type things. Um, well, we, you know, this is one of my favorite movies, so I wanted to get into this one. So I'm really glad we got to do this one. We also, uh, you know, we want to put in any kind of recommendation. I mean, if you guys have recommendations of movies we should watch or TV shows or, you know, I mean, we might have more than likely we probably have seen them. But again, you know, there might be some out there that we've never seen and we, we get great suggestions. And if you want to suggest something, we will watch it and then uh, we'll give a review on it. Definitely drop us a line. We had we had uh, some suggestions about Jojo Rabbit and Knives Out, so we did uh, some reviews on that. If you guys get a hold of us uh, through um, our different outlets, um, you can find us on Instagram at the Post Credit Podcast, uh, Facebook at the Post Credit Podcast, and our email is the Post Credit Podcast at gmail.com. Please drop us a line, as Drew said. Uh, we love to get your suggestions. We wanna we wanna put out content that people actually want to listen to. So. Give us some good suggestions. Um, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you next time. And throw me a bell.